Well, thank you all so much for joining us on another episode of the Gregorich Ministries podcast. And I'm so excited today. We have Maxim Datsko joining us. And Maxim and I, we had the opportunity to go to Bible school together. We were also uh, ministering alongside each other in healing school and and different different areas in, in ministry. And so I'm glad to be able to talk to him. So Maxim, thank you so much for joining us today. Josh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a blessing. Uh, it's amazing to see what God's doing with the podcast and reaching people all around the world. And uh, it's an honor, brother. Good, great to see you again. So I just want, you know, everybody listening, I've been following Maxim on social media for many years, but just even more so recently watching his updates. And, you know, Maxim, you're originally from the Ukraine. Is that correct? What's your background like from there? Yes. So I was born in Kiev, Ukraine, which is the capital of Ukraine. And uh, my family and I, we actually moved to California, uh, United States of California, Fresno, California uh, in 1989. I was only three months old at the time. My brother, uh, he was five. And we actually moved to America as refugees. Um, and of course, that was still uh, in 1989. Ukraine was still part of the Soviet Union, the USSR. Um, and of course, in 1991 is when Ukraine became its own sovereign nation. Uh, so just reflecting back, I mean, I'm so grateful to be here in the U.S. And um, matter, so there was a few reasons as far as, far as why we actually moved. Um, one, just more opportunities. America, uh, the land of the free. You know, yeah. it, it's it's. Um, it's just so much opportunities here. And um, another one was in 1986. Uh, my brother was two years old at the time. In 86, um, in the city of Chernobyl, of course, a lot of people have heard about this. In, in Chernobyl, there was a nuclear plant uh, disaster, an explosion, and which caused radiation to, to go across all of Ukraine and even surrounding nations. And uh, it's pretty sad because um, a lot of people died. And, um, and even my own cousin, who was 10 years old at the time, um, he actually ate some berries that were in a field just playing as a young boy, uh, you know, didn't really think about it. He's like, oh, berries, you know, let me eat these real quick. And um, he got sick. And about a week later, he died. And um, wow. that was that was around um, 89, uh, right around that time. Uh, I was actually in my mom's wound uh, during his funeral. Um, but that was a big eye opener. That was yeah. just, wow, we, we have to do something. We have to leave this nation. So um my mom's side of the family, my dad's side of the family, they, they, uh, they got together and say, Hey, let, let's look for different options. And, and so, um, America started accepting people as refugees and, uh, thank God for that. And so we moved, uh, about all 40 of us. Um, wow. and, um, yeah, so it's, it's pretty wild. Even my brother, when he was about five years old, um, he, he started losing hair, um, as, as a young boy through the radiation, uh, radiation, my mom would tell me that at night I would just sometimes cry, uh, uh, just consistently unstoppable, just crying. And she, she recognized it was due to that, that radiation, uh, effect. So we had a dip out leave and, yeah. and, uh, and so I'm glad we did and, uh, grateful for it. Yeah. And I, I saw, you know, you've been away from there for quite some time, but you haven't stayed away completely. I saw even a couple of years ago, you went back with Daniel Permenko, um, who's also been on the podcast with us and served alongside us in the healing school. And you guys, you know, spent some time there. And while a big majority of your family probably came, I know you still have a large, you know, group of people from your family that are still there. And you've been in contact with them. And, you know, I just wanted to ask you, even before, I, I want to get updates about what's going on there from them. 
But, you know, from what you know, from what you understand from them and from your experience in Ukraine, what's the religious climate like there? The religious, religious climate, I would say it's, it's uh, a mixture with Orthodox. Then you have a lot of people um, that, that are, of course, more in the um, charismatic, Pentecostal, Baptist, Slavic Baptist. Um, so uh, there, there is a mixture, uh, but it's definitely heavy in, in the Orthodox Christianity um, sector. So, um, but the climate there, when we, when Daniel and I uh, visited there in 2016, uh, actually 2017, we went out there in 2017, May of 2017 on a uh, ministerial trip. Uh, it was a nine day mission trip. Uh, we got to minister at a few churches at a conference and uh, we even did some uh, street evangelism, but the, the spiritual climate, at least uh, there is, there, there was hunger. I felt uh, yeah. people actually wanted the word of God. They wanted a, an encounter with the maker, uh, God almighty, they wanted him. And I mean, I actually, for the first time I, I started, uh, evangelizing and sharing the gospel in the Russian language. So I grew wow. up speaking the Russian language, even though my family, we had, we were both Ukrainian and Russian. Um, I grew up speaking the Russian, Russian language. And so I, that was my first language. And then of course, then I learned English, my mom and dad, both, both know Ukrainian, Russian and English. Um, but yeah, the, the climate there, um, it is they're, they're hungry there's there's yeah. people there and you know the the wars um as far as on the 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 eastern side of ukraine has been going on for about eight years you know you had that invasion crimea um of southern ukraine yeah. border there and and russia took over that spot and then ever since then ever since um that that was in uh 2014 um there's been non-stop war um, even though it's not maybe on the, on the TV there, there's been a uh, nonstop war yeah. for eight years. And uh, matter of fact, when we were there, we were seeing uh, Ukrainian tanks rolling by us. We we're taking selfies with tanks right behind us. You know, I, we even got to witness to a Ukrainian uh, soldier. Um, you know, a, he was actually a special operations soldier, Ukrainian soldier who was in the Eastern side of Ukraine. And um, matter, we actually met him getting coffee in Lviv, Ukraine. And uh, after I got my latte, he was waiting for his latte, walked up to him. I told him, hey, man, uh, Jesus loves you. He says, thank you. You know, it caught him off guard. It almost seemed like that was the first time anyone's yeah. ever told him that. I said, Jesus loves you. And, and, uh, and then I just began to share how, how valuable he is, how Jesus died and rose again for him, that he can have eternal life in Christ. And, and then uh, come to find out he had an injury in his shoulder. And he also had um, partial deafness in one ear, one ear due to a bomb attack uh, during a, a mission that he had in eastern Ukraine. And and so he began to share about that. And, you know, the word of God uh, is clear about uh, God's will to heal and God's yeah. desire to heal. And so we, we prayed for him. God miraculously uh, healed his ear, healed his shoulder. His eyes were wide open. He's like, what is going on? I just began to tell him, I said, this is Jesus. Jesus healed you. And uh, I said, do you want to be saved now? And he says, yes. So he gave his life to the Lord right there and then. And so we were seeing these these moments of of just hunger and revival, even in the streets uh, of Lviv, Ukraine and wow. parts of Kiev. And, and, and so uh, Ukraine is, is a precious country in my heart, not only because of that's where I'm from. You know, I'm a little bit biased, of course, yeah. but 
it's, it's because of what I sense in my heart and even going there and seeing the people there, meeting people there, uh, even meeting pastors and, and, and church leaders in that environment. They have such a humility about them and, and such an openness to the things of God. And, and they have such a, an expectation for the move of the spirit in that nation. And uh, we actually got to um, even visit um, Barry and Adrian Jensen, who yeah. are the directors of Rama, uh Ukraine. And uh, they've been out there for over a couple of decades now. I think, I believe it was 91. They've been doing work um, in, the, in the Soviet Union uh, for years. And so they, they have seen the hand of God there. They've actually uh, seen over 500 students graduate uh, from, from Rayma, Ukraine. And they've sent people to the north, south, east, west, wow. and outside of Ukraine. Matter of fact, Europe is... Um, uh, filled with so many Ukrainian pastors. I, you know, I heard Barry share that um, at the Winter Bible Seminar that that, that Europe is is filled with so many um, uh, Ukrainian pastors who are doing the work uh, of the ministry. And and no wonder, no wonder we see such an attack of Ukraine even now. You yeah. know, a lot of people think, uh, you know, this is the judgment. This is God's judgment on Ukraine. But when you really look at it, you see the, the, the righteousness of that nation, the righteousness of the people, and how there has been a growth of the gospel and a growth of the kingdom in this nation. And, and you know, Ukraine is, is doing war against the kingdom of darkness, and it's very yeah. clear. And so the enemy is intimidated, he's upset. And so he's going to use uh, a leader that, that is uh, not following Christ to do some really uh, foolish things and, and harm yeah. people who, who are innocent. And, and unfortunately we are seeing that. Um, and, but God and, and mm-hmm. God is moving and there has been so many testimonies coming in, even since the invasion on February 24th, uh, God has been intervening, intervening supernaturally in that nation. It's and that, that is exciting to hear. And I've loved being able to kind of follow along the timeline of when this started. You almost immediately started posting updates from your family members there. So let's let's walk through it a little bit. On the 24th, I think you got, uh, you heard some feedback from, is it your cousin that's there right now? Yes. So I have uh, both my cousins, um, Anna and Alona and their husbands. Um, they're there with their children. Uh, both couples have three children each, and uh, they're actually now residing in the the city of Bucha, Bucha, Ukraine, which is more of like a suburb of Kiev. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been out there for a couple of years. Matter of fact, we actually um, back in two nine, uh, 2019, my wife and I, um, we got to visit them and spend some quality time with them in Bucha. Uh, they have amazing pizza there, by the way, if you guys ever <laughs> stop by, maybe not right now, don't go now, <laughs> uh, just pray. Unless God tells you to go as a, as yeah. a missionary, go for it. Um, but anyways, great, great time, great food. And, and they're just such precious people, you know, and, and, and again, not just because they're my family, but I just, they have such a purity for the things of God, such a genuineness to see uh, God's love um, touch that nation. Um, so they have a ministry out there uh, where they specifically help orphan girls transition out of those orphanages. And, and they have essentially uh, created this home for them to, to receive education, uh, to get uh, training, uh, whether it's with uh, practical skills, uh, learning how to balance a checkbook, uh, how to do interviews. Uh, they even send them to get certificates, uh, whether they want to go into culinary school or the arts or 
or, or uh, fashion or, you know, the media, whatever it is, um, they, they, they are focused on that and, and equipping people in the natural. And of course, bringing the gospel, sharing the good yeah. news of Jesus to these, to these women who some of them are fatherless and motherless. They have no family, right? Statistically speaking, uh, most um, girls that leave orphanages with no family, if they have no place like that, like a home to, to take care of them until they're, they can get on their feet and get a job and, and get their own apartment. Statistically speaking, most of them go into prostitution just to make the means met, just to yeah. make a living. And um, so that is where my heart is like really pulled and really just, um, it, it just touches my heart in yeah. a, really close way to see how they have dedicated their lives um, to minister to these, to these girls who, who've come from such a broken background, but then they bring the gospel of Christ and then they bring hope and, and truth. And, and uh, I even seen, I even seen some before and after pictures, you know, of when they, um, when they first uh, started ministering to these girls who are 17, 18. And, and now there's a testimony to gay, um, he actually ended up uh, marrying one of the girls uh, and her husband. Uh, he ended up doing the the doing the marriage for them, and and um, and I saw the before and after. I mean, she had just like depression in her eyes. You see the darkness and and oppression, and and at the wedding day, she's just glowing. She looked like an entirely wow. different person, and, and just so seeing seeing that kind of work and seeing them actually being the hands and feet of Jesus there is a blessing, and so. Um, I got to know a little bit more, uh, you know, their hearts and what they do. And, and, and so that was back in 2019, where I got to hear some of their stories and what they've been doing. And, and they're still, they, you know, up until the invasion on the 24th of February, uh, they've been actively involved in that ministry and, and continue to do it. They actually chose to stay. Um, they they decided, you know what, we don't really have an exit plan. We don't have a place or a nation uh, around us that we can escape to. And plus we have these orphan girls that need our help and the invasion is going on. Uh, let's go to the church. And uh, what's wild to me is uh, on the 24th of uh, February, um, I receive a message from City Gate tells me, hey, the invasion has begun. The war has started. And he's sending me this on on, on messenger on Facebook. And I immediately video call him. We begin to speak and he, he tells me, he's like, Hey, you know, the Russians have invaded. And I'm like, brother, I'm praying for you. I'm so sorry, man. We're going to be standing in prayer for you. And, um, and he's on video showing me Russian helicopters about two kilometers away, about a mile and a half away from, from his actual unit apartment. Um, he was showing me that there was black smoke um, over the the Bucha Ukraine military airport, and we're talking, and I'm like, wow, like you know, I, I, I'm just trying to have compassion and really yeah. have have sympathy and empathize with him. Like, man, how 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 would that even be like? I can't imagine. I've never been in a situation like that. And so I just encouraged him, and and we prayed. We had a moment of prayer, um, and then one hour later, him and his family. Uh, grabbed a few things, not much, left everything there and went right to their, to their local church. And thankfully two weeks prior to that, he told his local church and congregation, he's actually a, a deacon at the local church. He told um, the local church, Hey, if you need a place to stay and you need a place to hide out, come to, come to the church and, and we'll, mm. we'll, we'll gather here. 
And so they went one day after that phone call I had with Sid Gay, which was on the 24th, that following day and about 24 hours uh, to that day, he gave me a report. He called me and we were talking. It's like, it was six, six in the morning, uh, Eastern time in America. He tells me that they, they bombed my, my third floor apartment unit and it was on fire and he lost everything. Him and his family, his three children lost everything. Now, thankfully by the grace of God and by the spirits leading, they ended it. They were like, you know what, let's leave. And they, they followed that leading. They followed that prompting yeah. and they went to the church and, and that just goes to show that even in the midst of, of hardship, God will speak to us and, and, and protect us and guide us to safety and places of safety and wisdom. And, and they obeyed and yeah. their life was spared because of that. And so, um, but yeah, that, that, uh, and then of course, then we have my other cousin, Anna and her, her, um, her husband, Victor, um, they're hiding, they've been hiding out in their basement for over nine days now since the invasion, uh, in their home. And we actually spent time in that house together. Wow. Um, and, uh, in just, just less than three years ago, uh, fellowshipping in their home. And here they are nine days, almost 10 days straight now been, been hiding in that basement. And they, in a sense, have their own ministry going on there. They, uh, they almost went to the church and they prayed, they asked God, um, Anna and, and Victor begin to pray to God and said, God, do you want us to stay here in this house or do you want us to flee to the church they waited and they sensed the peace to stay in the house so they obeyed that one hour after that answer from god to stay in their in their home they received a phone call from their neighbor saying hey do you have a basement for us to stay hmm. and it was a total of six people that they opened their arms to six neighbors including children that they opened their arms to and then now have been hiding out in their house just about 48 hours ago. Um, I got a report from Anna that two houses away from her home, a house was completely on fire. Wow. And so there's been a lot of activity um, and, 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 and war and shelling going on in Bucha, but God's been protecting them. And they, yeah. they, when I, when I speak with them, I sense such a peace and joy. And even when I spoke with them on, on the phone, there's such a glow of hope and light and, and the joy of Jesus that I see in their faces. And, and that, that really touches my heart that ministers to me. I'm over here like, Oh no, my family's yeah. in trouble. I need to pray for them. I mean, I want to get a jet plane and fly over there and rescue them right now. If I could Yeah, Lord, please, you know, I'm over here kind of, and I got to be careful. I got to watch myself and make sure I'm not getting an anxiety, but I got to align my soul, my thinking to, you know what, this is the promise of God for Ukraine. This is what God's word says. Yeah. So I'm going to stand on God's word and I'm going to do my part as an intercessor, as a, as a, someone in the gap, I'm going to pray for this nation. I'm going to pray for my family, declare what God has promised. I'm going to declare God's word. And so that has allowed me to, to maintain that peace, allowed me to walk in that peace. And, but seeing my family right in the middle of it, right in the war, right with darkness surrounding them with an invasion, with not even knowing if their life is going to end tomorrow. They have a smile on their face and they have an assurance of hope that Jesus is their Lord and God is going to take care of them no matter what. And I think I saw a, 
a quote that your your cousin or was it Sergey? He he posted yeah. or you had posted what he said where he was like, yeah. "Man, we don't." I, I, I'm going to butcher the way he phrased it, okay. but it was basically <laughs> like, "Man, like we don't know if we're going to make it in the night, like through the night, but no matter what, we know we're going to be with Jesus. We're going to be in heaven." Yeah. Maybe you can phrase exactly. it better exactly how he said it, <laughs> but that was the condensed version. Yes. But yeah, but and, and yeah. just to have that that assurance that you know what. I don't know what's going to happen, but no matter what happens, my hope is not in government. My hope is not in the military. My hope is not on the outcome on this earth, but it's that I have an eternal destiny with Jesus. And like you said, I think it's important that us, as we're praying for Ukraine, not to pray out of a place of fear or anxiety, but from that same place and that that rested assurance of, you know, what the outcome is, we win. That's just the way it's going to be. And so knowing that, and, you know, you made that comment and you made the post, but then you also showed that there was over a hundred people that were also in the church with him. And you, I think you said that 70% were not Christians. Is that correct? That's right. Um, Yes. I was actually the following, the following day. um, I believe that was on a Saturday we spoke. Um, Thursday was the invasion. Friday was the ho- the, t- the day that their house was bombed um, from a Russian truck. And then uh, that Saturday, he, he began to report how so many people have gathered at the church currently, even though they've evacuated about 15 to 20 people from the church in the last week, there have been more that have gathered from, from the community. Um, there's 150 people um, gathered there now, children, uh, babies, uh, middle age teenagers, and then you have elders too. Um, and you know, it, 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 it was, um, it was very moving when we're on the phone and, you know, his apartment's on fire. He sent me the video of it. And one of the things that really stood out to me is the one thing he mentioned that he left, that he regretted leaving his apartment was his Bible. He said, I forgot my Bible. And he began to tear up. And I said, brother, I said, I understand. I said, it's okay, but now you, you are the living Bible. Yeah. You're taking, you're, you're loving people and putting people before yourself. And I began to just encourage him and say, Hey brother, go and preach the gospel, preach Jesus, preach about how he is, how he lived and how he died and how he rose again from the dead. And, and I just felt the spirit of God begin to, to just encourage him. And, and I just sensed the spirit of courage come and the strength mm-hmm. of the Lord come and, and and then following um, a few days after that, he began to send me reports of how the how God began to really move and touch uh, the hearts of the unsaved. Uh, as as we mentioned earlier, out of the well, at that time was 140, 70 percent of them were unsaved. I mean, he knew that these were not church members; these weren't people that had it all together. You know, he he can just sense, and clearly they they didn't know God and. And he began to share the gospel with them and share the word. And uh, he even shared with me that every three hours, he shares a sermon, shares a message. Uh, when they have small meals, he'll just maybe exhort and, and just share out of the word for about four or five minutes. And he would just allow the Holy Spirit to lead them. And, um, and as they're praying over the food, he opened his eyes and looks around and all the people that don't even know God, they're over here crying and tearing up and being touched by the love of God. And he even uh, started doing prayers and corporate prayers of uh, um, of people to receive 
receive Jesus, to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus, to receive salvation in Christ. And, and people begin to confess Jesus as Lord and in multitudes. And so um, it's amazing that what the enemy meant for harm, God will always turn around for the good. As long yeah. as we align ourselves to his spirit and his word, God will align it and allow us to flow with his grace and his love and his truth and, and be vessels of his kingdom. And that's what Sergei and Lona uh, decided to do. That's what Anna and Victor decided to do in their basement of their home and invite those neighbors. And, and so we've been seeing Sergei being, uh, and, and Alona being vessels, Anna and Victor being vessels uh, of Jesus and, and people are getting saved. And, and it's just amazing. It's just, it's, it's good to hear good news. And, yes. and when, when there's other platforms and other sources of news that mainly focus on bad news, it's it's. I'm so thankful that I I am able to have a source of uh, connection and uh, with Sid Gay because he's on ground there and we actually lost connection um, for a few days. They lost electricity and then it was restored back thankfully. And uh, most of the updates I've received in the last four or five days have been directly from his brother Tima. Um, and so, but. Anyways, it, it's it's a blessing to see that that God is moving yes. in the midst uh, of this trial that Ukraine is going through. And that's one thing, you know, I, I had mentioned to you before we started that I had pastors from all over the world that were just asking, like, hey, do you know someone that knows like actual people, missionaries there or people working for the church? Because we keep hearing mixed reports about what's going on. And for you able to come and, and to just uh, reinforce the idea and the truth that we already know that God is working in Ukraine in the midst yeah. of the war, in the midst of the darkness, there is still light being cast out over the whole region and there's people being saved whose eternal destinies are being established once and for all and so it's so good to hear that and so it, i know you had said it had been a couple of days since you heard but what's the latest that you've heard from them what's the the current news that's going on well a lot of the children and elderly and some of the people started getting um in the church specifically they they started um, getting kind of just uh, colds and a little bit of throat infection. And, and uh, Tima was telling me that they need medicine. You know, uh, the Russians who invaded, they went through some of the pharmacies and pretty much stole all the medicine possible for the locals. And of course, maybe some of the locals have maybe panicked also, maybe taking meds they, they can get. And, uh, but as far as the church and people at the church, they had no access uh, to, to medicine. And so, uh, we just began to stand in agreement with, 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 uh, of course, divine healing and believing God to, to heal them from any sickness or disease. And um, there was actually humanitarian aid that was assigned to come out to the church to bring uh, medicine. And uh, some things uh, were unfortunately kind of blocked from trans, you know, from transportation and stuff uh, from getting there. But um, that being said, right now, uh, the 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 priority and the the latest update is um, Sergey and the church and the leaders there that are in the in the church they they want to start evacuating as much people as possible. Um, I know that early on in the first day or two of the invasion that was a big high focus for a lot of local pastors in Ukraine. They were helping evacuate a lot of citizens, a lot of locals. Uh, but in this case, it's a little bit unique because a lot of people came to the church as a safe place and didn't have tra tra transportation. They didn't have a place to to go. And and war broke out right in that town off the first day. So can you imagine, you know, some of these people yeah. felt more comfortable being in their home, being in their house. And so 
And so Sidigay and, 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 uh, Alona and Anna Victor, they said, you know, we're going to stay and we're going to help people. And so, uh, the, but the, the, the latest update is we need people on ground, either from South Ukraine or, or, um, or West Ukraine to come, uh, and, and evacuate, uh, these people from the church. And so, that's a, a big prayer focus right now yeah. um, is that God begins to send, um, you know, literally people to get on this rescue mission and evacuate as many people as possible. Now, hearing the, the heart of, of Sergei and, and knowing what, where he stands, he plans, and no matter if he evacuates with all his family, the whole church, and they're able to go, I know he'll probably be one of the last ones to, to, to leave until everybody, I mean, he just has that heart, but he's going to be back. And I just know him. He he feels yeah. a call to the nation of Ukraine, and and um, and so. But that that is where we're at right now. We we want to evacuate as many people as possible. Um, my wife, she works for CBN, and she's been in communication with people that uh, oversee and, and manage uh, parts of Operation Blessing. And Operation Blessing is providing humanitarian aid. Uh, in Poland right now, they actually have people on ground in Poland receiving refugees in Ukraine. Um, and so that might be a route they can go. They can also go south towards Romania. I know there's humanitarian aid there as well. Um, but that's the goal. And, and right now, that's the focus is to get um, those, the, of course, first and foremost, the, the babies, the children, um, the women and the elders first before before anybody else. Um, but that's that's the aim and that's the update. They they want to get out. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's a great point to just for everybody to be in agreement with on prayer. And I was going to ask you, you know, what is it that as the body of Christ globally, we're all praying for this situation. We're praying for the people of Ukraine. And so like, what is the thing that we can really hook up on? And specifically when you know somebody that's there, it's easy to to just go ahead and hook up and say, right now we need to pray that there's assistance to evacuate, to get people into safety. But is there anything else on your heart that you felt like this really needs to be a prayer focus for this region? Great question. Great question. Um, I believe there's multiple prayer points, you know, of course, continuing to pray for, for wisdom, for the president of Ukraine, um, for the leaders there, people that are on ground, um, you know, wisdom for the soldiers, strength, uh, divine inter- intervention for them that are there fighting and resisting yeah. the the Russian army. Um, but there was a scripture uh, that that um, here I want to share in Psalm yeah. forty six verse nine. Here in the uh, ESV uh, translation, he says, "Here God makes war cease to the end of the earth." And I just I think that's so powerful, and I think that would be a great thing to start declaring and and yeah. praying that literally this war stops, that it ceases in Jesus' name, according to Psalm forty six verse nine, and I think um, we 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 should come in agreement with that and what God's word. You know, God is the one that causes peace to to manifest across the earth. He's the one that causes wars to cease. I mean, it says it right here plain as day, you know, he maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow. This is the King James mm-hmm. Version. He breaketh the, the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. And um, 
God Almighty is coming through. And so I just want to come in agreement with what he's already declared and what his word already says here, that uh, that he's the one that that's, makes war stop. And yeah. so um, that's my declaration that that Ukraine is free in Jesus name and and yes. that this war ends and that Ukraine um, is on a big assignment from God to spread the gospel and to to advance the kingdom like never before. And, you know, we're, we're hearing testimonies again, just to encourage the audience that are listen, listening today. We're hearing countless and countless of testimonies. I mean, there's some 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 have even um, there's even video footage of of uh, Russian missiles being literally shot towards certain areas of people's towns and landing in people's front yards. And yeah. they're literally just planted in the yard and they didn't, det- they didn't detonate. They didn't explode. They're just chilling there. And that's God. There's even yeah. stories of people shooting missile, uh, the arm, you know, the, the enemy shooting missiles and they're not even hitting the target and exploding midair or just disappearing and not knowing where the missiles went. And, and there's videos, of course, of course, many of you that are listening, maybe have seen and there's Ukrainian citizens. There's even an older man. He was in one of the cities of Ukraine. He was, he stood in front of a tank and pushed back. And, and that, that just, that, that's, I mean, that, that is a perfect uh, parallel and example of David and Goliath, right? Yeah. It's, it's the spirit of the Lord, this, the spirit of courage on the Ukrainians that I think the world is getting to get a glimpse of and seeing and, and, and that I believe is a reflection of who we are in Christ. And so, um, wow. um, but yeah, just, just for the spirit of courage to come over as well, the spirit of courage to come over um, the people of Ukraine to continue to fight with God's strength. And, um, and again, Psalm 46, nine, that, that God makes wars to cease unto the end of the earth. So uh, that's my prayer point right now. And, and, and we're just declaring the peace of God and the victory of the Lord to reign in this nation. Yeah, man, I, I believe that everybody listening, we're going to be joining with you in praying that and declaring that over the nation of Ukraine. I believe there's going to be so many more testimonies because we already know we're hearing some great stories, but that's just a small fraction of the amazing things that God is doing throughout this whole region. And, you know, I wanted to, before we ended today, I wanted to just give people the opportunity because not only do we pray and we declare things, but we also put action to the things that we're doing. And one of the things is you had mentioned that your cousin, he had lost, they had lost their home, everything, you know, they literally everything to their name is gone now. And so you had actually set up a way for people to get involved and to help them out and to rebuild and to restore and repair everything that they've lost. And that's through a GoFundMe page. And so like you had said, they're doing it. They were doing a tremendous work before this war even broke out, you know, in their area. And so we want to enable them not only to continue to do that, but to keep advancing and keep advancing the kingdom continue to rescue the women, continue to help the children. And so I know that we're going to be posting the link at the bottom of this video so that people can easily get involved. I also want to encourage you all to go follow Maxim because he's posting updates all the time. So I'm going to be posting the link to your Facebook and Instagram, everything there so people can get involved and and follow you that way. But before we go, just wanted to give you a, a final chance just to give any, any last thoughts that you had um, for us today? I believe the body of Christ in this hour has the greatest opportunity uh, we have ever seen. And the Bible says in, in Isaiah 
it says, I believe it's chapter 60 says um, that gross darkness will cover the earth, but the glory of the Lord will be risen upon you. It says arise and shine. Your light has come for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And it talks about how gross darkness will cover the earth, but God's glory will be seen on you. So just my final thought as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, church, we have an opportunity right now to rise up and to pray and not only pray, but to also take action. And whatever God puts on your heart to do, do it. And God will move through you and touch people for his glory. And that's so good. And Maxim, I just want to thank you again. You know, even before we started, I had mentioned to you, you are an amazing minister of the gospel. It's so been so great to have you join us today, give us updates about what's happening. But I just want to remind everybody listening that Maxim's going to be joining us again at some point, going to have an awesome message for us at that time as well. So Maxim, thank you for joining us this time. And I can't wait for you to join us again. Thank you, Josh, so much for your time. It's a blessing to see you again. Thanks for the opportunity. Love you, brother.